welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. In prior episodes, I've discussed a lot of history of the territorial roads and also the taverns that were formed along their routes and the experiences of the pioneers who traveled upon them. I've also always found that this chapter in Michigan history to be very fascinating. And I know that many of you out there also enjoy learning about this period. Today, I'm excited to have a special guest, Lori Perkins, who is the site historian of the Walker Tavern Historic Site, which was built in 1832, which at one time was just footsteps off of the old Sauk Native American Trail which became US-12 eventually. And the site is located over in Brooklyn, Michigan, and it's part of Cambridge Junction Historic State Park. So today we're gonna talk about some of the amazing history of this incredible landmark. So welcome to the program, Lori. It's very exciting to have you on. Thank you for taking time to be on the podcast today. You're welcome, Michael. I'm pleased to be here, and it's exciting to talk about something very close to my heart. Well, it sounds like a very special place. I'm really excited to learn about it. But could we uh, start by having you tell a little bit about yourself? How did you become involved as a site historian at the Walker Tavern? Well, actually, I started at Walker Tavern when I was 20 years old as a student for the State of Michigan's uh, History Center Park System. And... uh, went on to grow in the institution, came back a few years later and uh, started my career at the Michigan History Center. And uh, next Tuesday, I'll have 35 years in. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah. Can we go into some of the history of the Walker Tavern itself? Who built it? Sure. The, The tavern was actually built in 1832 by a gentleman named Calvin Snell. And Snell had come to Michigan, and uh, like many of the newcomers to the area, decided that he would open his home as a tavern, a location on the the road. It's all about location, location, and Mm -hmm. uh, did quite well there and decided uh, in 1843 that he would build a new hotel down in the thriving community of Tecumseh. And he did. He he sold out to Sylvester Walker, the namesake of the tavern today Mm -hmm. in 1843, and Snell built a whole new building in downtown Tecumseh. Wow. So do you have any stories from the early days of the Walker Tavern along the uh, Pioneer Trails? uh, Once Sylvester Walker took over the running of the tavern, a community began to build around uh, that intersection. And in 1835, a new road was added that joined or junctioned into uh, what you had mentioned was the Sauk Trail eventually Mm -hmm. became US-12. And that road we know today as M50, but in 1835, it was known as the La Plaisance Bay Pike. And that road came out of La Plaisance Bay, north of Toledo, and then intersected crossing Monroe, Lenawee County until it came to uh, Cambridge Junction. And so 
the community grew. Sylvester Walker was the postmaster. Stagecoaches came in and out from that location, constantly delivering people in mail. Uh, travelers came in and out. Um, there was a um, community church that was eventually established there, uh, a fellow by the name of Blackmere owned land south of the junction. And mm-hmm. they had started using his land as a cemetery part of it. And he said, well, it needed a church. And so mm. Blackbird said that whoever could bring a pile of bricks uh, to that location by sunrise could name the congregation of that new church. And mm. so a fellow got up at midnight, loaded his, took his wagon to Jackson, loaded it with bricks, came back and dumped a load just as the sun was rising and the congregation became St. Michael's and All Angels uh, Episcopal Church. Wow. So So, so was his name Michael? (laughs) Yeah. And so now we have, have a church and we have a post office and eventually there'll be a school and a couple of directions from the corner. And people started calling that area Cambridge Junction. And this all wow. took place in the 1830s and 40s. And wow. um, so that was that Walker grew that uh, reputation he had. He was known as the best food uh, west of Detroit, and people Uh would uh, plan their trip to stay there and eat there. And he charged uh, 25 cents uh, a night, um, or no, it was 50 cents a night and 25 cents a meal. And by the time you stayed uh, one night and had uh, three meals, you had reached the total of $1.25. And that was the cost of one acre of government land in the area. So if you stayed there, you had eaten into one acre of your land. So Uh a lot of people would stay there if they had money. Most of the folks wanting to save their money would camp along US-12 until Mm -hmm. they got to uh, their their new land. But... um, he, he had a, quite a reputation. He ran for uh, the state legislature in 1847 and uh, was served on the, you guessed it, Rhodes Commission of mm-hmm. the uh, state government. So uh, he, he served his best interest, and that was in Rhodes. And he lived on one of the most famous roads, as we know, uh, US-12. Right. So... Yeah, and uh, in that same year of 1847 that Walker served in the legislature, uh, Walker served as a Democrat. And today uh, we we would flip that phrase and say that what he, uh, I don't know how to how to describe this, but he's not the Democrat that you would think of as Democrats today. Uh So back in that day, um, leading Democrats that we would know in 1847 would have been Andrew Jackson, Louis Uh Cass. Those gentlemen and Sylvester Walker took a pro-slavery stance Uh and were also uh, interested in moving Native peoples off of of, uh, what would become federal lands. So um, 
a different a different Democrat than what we would think maybe today. Right. Uh, and also during that 1847 year, uh, there was a young man um, named John White, an African-American who was escaping slavery in the South. And he mm-hmm. came through Lenaway County and he was pursued by a group of men who wanted it, wanted their property back, basically. And right. again, residents in Lenaway County and the surrounding area, particularly Laurel Haviland and Royal Watkins, uh, worked to free John White and get him to uh, safe haven in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. But there's this whole mix. The, the community that Sylvester Walker was living in in 1847 was a mix of Native Americans and African Americans and mm-hmm. new settlers coming in, Yankees and Yorkers into the area. And it was a very complex and complicated uh, society that they lived in to yeah. the point where uh, Francis Dewey, who was what we would now call a or what then became the Republican Party um, was he was a member of that. Um, he Francis Dewey used to be a stagecoach driver on US 12 and he knew Sylvester Walker really well. Mm-hmm. And Dewey would go on to author many of the articles that we read about in the Michigan Pioneer and Historical Collections. And mm-hmm. Dewey eventually would buy Sylvester Walker's tavern and make it his private home at the end of the, the tavern era after the Civil War. And Francis Dewey was uh, anti-slavery. Royal Watkins was anti-slavery. Laura Haviland was Mm anti-slavery. And I find it very fascinating that Francis Dewey and Sylvester Walker could hold such diametrically opposed views, but yet sit in the same church pew and work to build and found St. Michael's and All Angels Church at the junction. Mm. So uh, it, it was it's certainly very, different back then, for yes, sure. It's yeah. it's a very complicated uh, society, and that's one of the things we're going to be talking about in our new exhibits at the tavern uh, mm-hmm. when it opens here in a few weeks. Is that complicated life that was uh, the junk Cambridge Junction? Mm-hmm. And that's fascinating. So. The last time the, it was in use as a tavern was somewhere post-Civil War? Is that what right. you say that? Yes. Uh, well, Francis Dewey bought the tavern in about 1865, so mm-hmm. just okay. at the end of the Civil War. And okay. Sylvester Walker uh, had built a brick building across the street, a three-story brick building that people still know as Walker Tavern. It's now a privately okay. owned bed and breakfast. And... Uh, he ran that brick building as his business. He became quite uh, affluent. And um, Mm -hmm. that building then um, is where he finished out his life. He died in 1868. Um, But Francis Dewey moved up from Dewey Lake and ended up living in what was Sylvester Walker's Tavern. And that carried on for three generations of Dewey's living there until 1922, when um, the grandson of Francis Dewey, W.C. Dewey, sold um, the tavern, the tavern that is the state park today, the original mm-hmm. tavern, uh, to a, a gentleman, also an Episcopal priest, uh, that by the name of... Um, 
Frederick Hewitt. And Hewitt mm-hmm. was born in England, uh, educated in Canada, and then began his uh pastoral service in the United States, and he had parishes in Tecumseh and Clinton and Midland, and Mm -hmm. also in Dearborn, Michigan. And it was in Dearborn, Michigan, that Frederick Hewitt uh, met Henry Ford. And Henry Ford, we know, is, uh, you know, he's working on founding Greenfield Village in the 1920s. He's out collecting antiques. And this was a Mm -hmm. passion of Fred Hewitt. He loved antiques. Uh, Mm. He wanted a place like Ford was trying to create. And so when he saw that the tavern was for sale, uh, he bought it in 1922 and he opened it up in May and started selling tickets in 1922. So we've been 101 years as a tourist attraction in the uh, Irish Hills. Now this May 30th, uh, thanks to Fred Hewitt. And Hewitt built a big house there in 1929 on the property that is the park now. And Mm -hmm. uh, he, um, lived there and ran his antique business. And he eventually bought the brick building across the street and sold antiques there and chicken dinners. And he converted Walker Tavern into a mini museum and sold tickets. And that's how we became mm-hmm. the, one of the first tourist attractions in the in the Irish Hills. And, and wow. then um, Hewitt's daughter then in 1966 inherited the land that is the state park, 80 acres. And uh, she then sold it to uh, the state of Michigan and we became Cambridge Junction Historic State Park. And we're one of the few of Michigan's state parks that has historic site or historic park in its name. Wow. That's interesting. So it's 80 acres and it consists of, uh, what what are some of the other buildings there? Well, the Hewitt House, which is now our visitor center, and we've restored okay. that to to back to the fabric of what it would have looked like when the Hewitts lived there. But we have exhibit gallery space, education space in that mm-hmm. building. And then the tavern is up on the hill. And then we have a restored barn. And we have lots of trails that you can walk around. um, The park itself is operated jointly between the Michigan History Center and the Mm -hmm. Michigan Department of Parks and Recreation. We're all DNR, but we have different silos that we uh, inhabit. So I work for the History Center, as I mentioned, and work jointly with the Parks and Rec uh, Division. So do you also work in Lansing as yes, well? Yes, I or? do. I grew up in okay. Lenawee County. I grew up uh, probably 40 minutes north of mm-hmm. uh or south of where Walker Tavern is, actually. And then I commute from uh, Lansing, where I live now, down to the site. So I'm in in Lenawee County. In fact, I was there today uh, finishing up the exhibit installation. So So are you involved in a historical society up in uh, the Lansing area, too? or? the Historical Society of Michigan is a separate entity from oh, I see. Our, okay. our institution, which is the state of Michigan's History Center. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so the so people wanting to visit Cambridge State Park, um, yes. what are the best times a year to go visit? 
Well, we're a seasonal park. You need a recreation passport to enter because we are a mm-hmm. state park. So okay. you can get those on your uh, car tags when you uh, renew your tabs for your car. Uh, mm-hmm. We are going to be open starting around June 7th uh, with okay. tour guides in the buildings uh, from Wednesday through Sunday and usually about 10 to 5 uh, mm-hmm. doing that. And then uh, we'll close somewhere around Labor Day for the season. But the park itself will open on May 1st. You can go in, you can picnic, you can hike, you can uh, have a hot dog roast uh, there in the park, enjoy a good book, and then uh, wait for us uh, to get there in June. But um, the Farmer's Market, we have a very active friends group, Friends of Walker Tavern, and Mm -hmm. they support our Farmer's Market. We're one of the only state parks in Michigan that has a farmer's market. And we've got, I think, about 25 vendors at the height of the season. We'll have 60. And uh, we, um, the Friends Group uses that as a way to build revenue for our other events like um, our, our concerts in the evenings and um, oh, okay. our education programs and that kind of thing. So, but the market is wonderful. We get four and 500 people. It's on Sundays from 10 to two, and it actually will be starting early this year. Um, May 14th, we open and we'll run till October 1st. Okay. Do you have any, uh, of the educational program scheduled yet? Could you tell yes, us a little actually, bit about what's on the agenda? Well, we've got three school groups coming already here in mm-hmm. uh, May and June, and we do a couple of hour program uh, talking about uh, what life was like again at the intersection there. Uh, mm-hmm. We do kind of craft things with the kids. The buildings are spread out, so they have to exercise a little bit to get between the um buildings you know come down the hill and get outdoors and that sort of thing and um then we have some summer camp opportunities in june um and we charge 15 dollars a student for three days so that's basically five dollars a day for the summer camp and uh then if your parent or guardian is a member of the friends of walker tavern you get a a reduced rate of that so interesting yeah well, that sounds like a lot of fun happening this mm-hmm. summer for people to get out there and yes. find some interesting things to learn about. Yep. Mm-hmm. And are there like photos of people on display inside the buildings? That, there uh, were there are. Um, there's going to be, in fact, one of my favorite is we found a company in Toledo, Ohio that had saved aerial photos of farms from the 1960s and 70s. And we wow. actually found uh, an aerial shot of the intersection that uh of us 12 and 50 where the tavern is um Mm -hmm. from 1966 and you can see all the buildings that are no longer there uh in that shot so but we do have photos of lots of folks and we talk about the history of native peoples and african americans and again we're going to be highlighting the john white story from 18 47 and then um there's a big map from 1857 showing all the land ownership in Illinois county that we have and i think people will be interested to kind of pinpoint where they live now and who may have owned their Mm -hmm. land in 1857 so that's always fun to look at you know yeah 
Mm-hmm. So I also saw online, I may have misunderstood it, but there was historic baseball games that were yeah, held there. No, that's correct. Uh, the Friends of Walker Tavern support a local uh, group of, of, and it's baseball in two words. Uh, uh-huh. they're, they're a group of young men who play, uh, they're called the Walker Wheels. They're quite good. They're in the what would be the equivalent of the, the um national championships of baseball and they play teams uh from detroit and royal oak and flint and this is uh our site is their home field and uh, they also play games in gettysburg and in a couple of other greenfield village a couple of other big museums have them and it's uh 1860s rules so they don't play with gloves they play with a softer ball that they hand make and Mm -hmm. they wear wool uniforms in july and they're not allowed to swear it's a family game so uh, (laughs) it's it's quite fun wow that's interesting because i um there's a book on michigan baseball history that i did an episode on and Uh in the stories that that gentleman wrote about a mm-hmm. lot of the early baseball in Michigan started in the Lenawa County area. Yes, it did. And yes. also in Detroit, but Lenawa was one of the hotbeds for yeah. some of the early baseball teams. So that's yes. that's neat that you're preserving some of that history and that there's a group doing that. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Kind of reminds you of Field of Dreams, you know, yes. the yeah. the style of uniforms they had back then. So Yes. So on the the Walker Tavern must have been a, a major stopping point because anybody who settled in my south southwest Michigan would have gone by there now whether they stayed there or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so there must have been thousands of people right. that stayed there right. because there was quite a procession of pioneers heading west. Yes. Are there any stories of like tragedy that happened along at the Walker Tavern or that I don't know. Uh, Fred okay. Hewitt had a great. Uh, great uh, tourist attraction bite that he he talked about a murder but we don't mm-hmm. we don't mention that <laughs> oh, i see <laughs> truth is bigger than fiction right 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 well if it's not factually based you don't want to share it but i know there's a lot of true crime buffs would be over there get your ghost hunters out there saying well let's find a dead person yes i know we've had them too but um yeah i i think the stagecoach uh, connections. There were routes from Kalamazoo and West Michigan yep. going through on the Chicago Road, and and that was interesting research too because the postal system is much different in that era than it is today. Um, mm-hmm. The government would post contracts in the Detroit papers, and people would bid on whether or not to carry the mail and when to carry the mail and how oh. to carry the mail. Uh, mm-hmm. And Francis Dewey would bid on these different routes. And they're all over. And it just shows you the expanse of Michigan during this time period when you see these routes connecting smaller communities together with the mail. And the mail really was fascinating. Right. And the mail worked. The person who received the letter paid for the letter paid for mm-hmm. the stamp, not the sender. Yep. So yep. Sylvester Walker would pay for the mail, and then he, whoever had mail coming would pay him then to get their letter from behind the bar. So mm-hmm. 
um, it's different. You know, we put a stamp on it and it goes. So the right. sender pays, but the receiver in that time period paid. And so right. there are big articles in the newspapers at also listing people who had mail in the mailboxes in these towns that had not picked it up. So mm-hmm. if you didn't want to get a letter from somebody, you didn't have to pick it up. But then right. the person who paid for it, the postmaster, would say, all right, you're, you're delinquent X letters and you need to come in and, you know, yeah. pay for these. And they named you in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a fa- it was a fascinating look at that postal history because that happened in papers all over southwest Michigan. You'll yes. see lists of, you know, uh, you names, have mail. And yep. a lot of that was for... The, the people in the rural areas to be notified they had letters too so there was some yeah some of that was going on but inter- there was no envelopes the no, letters were folded, folded in trifold and sealed with wax right and it had your name on it and mm-hmm. there i don't think there was even a return address it was just mm-hmm. that was what it was you know and right. the information and then you know, they would you would send it back by writing around the margins mm-hmm. to answer kind of like early email you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> That is funny. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting history. And then, of course, it started with horseback, and then went to wagon, in delivery, and then they became yeah. stagecoaches. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a fascinating period of time. So that's great. So you've got the the Walker Tavern is something that people can visit this summer. Yes. And is there a website that we should share that people uh, want to look at as a pure Michigan website? Would that be the better link to, to share uh, on actually this? Actually, the Michigan History Center has a, uh, a website for each one of the 12 sites. I'm one of 12 sites located around the state. And they can go on the Michigan History Center um, site, which is www dot michigan dot gov forward slash walker tavern okay great and so i'll put the link to that in the description in the state site um the friends of walker tavern also have a facebook page and we update our events on that page as well so um you can get that um either way well, wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today, Lori. It's been fascinating to learn about you. Just a wealth of information about some of that early history and the pioneers. And I think uh, people will get a lot out of the educational programs if they come visit. You know. Yes. Are there any adult programs that are scheduled as well? Uh, we have a quilt workshop scheduled for July. I don't have oh, okay. the dates on my on the tip of my tongue, but you can go to any one of those website or Facebook pages. And uh, we have a little two-day workshop, and you can learn how to make a pillow, and all the supplies are included and lunch. And I think the mm-hmm. cost is $40. So, uh, And you get to meet some wonderful people and spend a day learning how to make a quilt. Wow. That so. sounds like fun. That yeah. sounds like a fun fun activity. It's also, you know, sure. that was how they kept warm back in the day, and it's still sure. a, an ongoing practice to present day. You know, it's yep. a tradition behind mm-hmm. that. So, um, well, thank you for coming on today, oh, Lori, mm-hmm. and I'm, I hope this will get more people out to visit the Walker yes. Tavern mm-hmm. Historic Site this year and check it out when they're out there. Thank you direction. for thinking of us and including yeah. us in your podcast. And, you know, we're we're excited about our new summer, our new exhibits, and especially the farmer's market that's going to be coming back. So, 
Okay, well, great. So I've been speaking with Lori Perkins. She's the site historian from the Walker Tavern Historic Site. It was built in 1832. It's over in Brooklyn, Michigan. I'm going to put the links to all of this in the description for you folks. So if you're driving down the road, you can check it later when you get home and find out more information so you maybe you can schedule a day trip out there this summer with the family and the kids and uh, tour some historic buildings and learn a little bit more about some of the pioneer trails and the early taverns. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at michaeldelaware.com. I am always happy to hear from my listeners. You can contact me through that website. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and we explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past, thank you for listening. <laughs>